India by the Paris Climate Agreement has committed to specific nationally determined contributions or NDCs. These commitments involve enhancing environmental stewardship, reducing emissions by 33 to 35 percent by 2030. However, the country has a long way to go to improve its climate finance architecture. Climate finance architecture basically refers to the framework that facilitates the mobilization and disbursement of financial resources to support climate change mitigation. So now the question is what exactly are the problems that the financial viability of renewable projects face in India and what can be done to solve this. Hi there, welcome to the BL podcast. This is Nabodita Ganguly. I talked to A Damodaran professor from ICRIER about India's climate finance architecture. Listen in. Hi Damodaran, thank you so much for joining us. I wanted to ask you how can India improve its climate financial architecture? Well, India has been in you know, a traditionally based on its faith in public systems of finance. So it is, uh, and that is not just India, the entire world was like So, to give a context, let me go back to the history of uh, the Climate Change Convention. Uh, which came to existence into force in 1994, but it was signed in 1994. So it was signed as part of the Rio Agreement, the Rio Summit of 1994. But a year before that, and this is very important, that is, any, that is 1991, there was an organization by the Global Advisors Association, which is today existing was born in 1991 with that pilot uh, corpus fund of 1% to help the ideas of to help uh, projects with enough climate, climate uh, action as well as biodiversity ecosystem organic pollutants and so what is the philosophy of that global which came one year before the climate change was signed. Its philosophy was very simple. It said that we will give grants to developing countries of the world which are suffering on a form of climate change. And what are these grants meant for? These are meant to be translated to projects which will help developing countries cope with the after effects of climate change. The term used for that is, you know, uh, is adaptation. And to some extent, we'll also contribute to their developing green energy to solve some of the pressing energy shortage problems. This was the philosophy. But internationally, there was nothing uh, like an environment fund prior to the GEF. There are private environment funds, but there were no public environment funds. That is how the GEF was created. And the GEF was created as a trust fund, global trust fund. Now that means that it, it's a fund held in trust into which um, different countries of the world, including developed at developing countries, put in one. And they generate a corpus of funds which is then used for uh, 
financing, projects in development. So this was the architecture. I mean, India was also driven by that philosophy that you need to have coming from public financial institutions if you want to solve global problems. So, uh, so the faith in public financing and the faith in the grant which shows some uh, developed countries to developing countries was axiomatic. That was the fourth philosophy. The India's climate financial, climate finance architecture was also compromised uh, in the same ideology, you know, the same system of thinking that there should be public financing to take up projects in climate change, uh, especially projects which are designed to reduce the uh, mitigate carbon dioxide emissions as well as uh, get communities to adapt changes in climate patterns. Uh, so this was the now uh, now look at it. It's uh, very interesting. Now going back uh, to again back to the history of the whole thing in 1991, as I told the GEF came, the GEF ideology hence way till 2010. Now that was almost almost 19 years, right? And then what happened? In 2010, there was a landmark um, conference of parties. Many people like to diss it, but many developing countries like to diss that summit. It is called the Copenhagen Summit. Uh, India suffered a Indian countries did not get an outcome that they wanted. They were pressurized to take up mitigation targets, and uh, and it, there's a background to that also because the climate FCCC, which came into existence in 1994, came into force in 1994, did not confer any mitigation obligation, including the advanced developing countries or emerging economies of today. That is probably of that India side. So, and Certainly, all the other, these developing countries are also exempted from mitigation. That architecture support is set for change in 2010. And in 2010, the new uh, fund is born, which is called Green Climate. A Green Climate Fund was born at 2010, came into operations in 2011. And that was slightly different from the GEF in that. Uh, the Green Climate Fund got the more private sector involved in climate finance, right? And it said that to enable private sector to come and uh, to the picture, they said that we will de-risk investments. We will have uh, de-risking or risk management as an important component of the G GCF. The GCF, uh, you know, was a relatively more successful uh, facility because it garnered a, a corpus of $10 billion, right? And this $100 billion flow, which we are talking about in Glasgow and post Paris Agreement and at Glasgow, is supposed to take place through the GCF, right? So, what is the change? So, we started with a very unabiding, you know, uh, faith in public investments based on trust funds. Now, we are saying that no, that's not enough. Um, we need private sector to come with the pitch. Now, uh, this is also changing in India. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't have the success to change. Now in India, it is changing in a different direction. Now, how is it changing? 
the change comes in this manner that, uh, you know, apart from private sector, even public investment funds need to go. Public investment cannot be showed up unless the government borrows from the capital markets or securities. So in 2014, India joined, India was not joined, India got this green bond issue. So bonds are issued, you raise money, spend it on or expend it on projects, which returns to the investors and then the marks are revealed and cancelled. Right? This is this structure. Now where did this idea in bonds come from? Well, that goes back to 2007 when the European Investment Bank said that uh, you know they were told that climate is getting to be an important issue. And it, nothing has been done to resolve the problems in the UNFCC. So we should have a climate awareness bond. They created the climate awareness bond in 2007. And in 2008, the World Bank came forward and issued its own bonds. And since then, it were, and since then, International Finance Corporation, which is supposed to be the private sector of the World Bank, they also stepped in and started the green bond. And when 2012, we won the main thing. It had about $2 billion in the world. I mean, uh, about $2.8 billion. It is about $2.8 idea. If my estimates are not wrong, there are people who have said that the Great War Nation is worth almost $70 billion. It's a sharp jump in the debt. Now, that is exactly the change that India was but Get to the market and an Indian company started doing it. Four Indian companies went for it. One is leader among the great finance team. Big notes. Basically, government. Sorry, we are normal. City finance mechanism or support of the government that have been made. Played we finances projects and so they went for and then uh, many uh, commercial banks went for and uh, then companies like ATC, it's a public sector private sector units they all went and these green bonds are issued in the European overseas securities market as well not just in India and they have got out there to the so, talking about green bonds, how can the country as a whole increase its green bond issuance in the secondary markets? Yes, because well, you know, the play of green bonds is very interesting. So, green bond or any bond for that matter, a regular bond, basically a bond is a fixed, secu- fixed income security. Right? So, if it is a fixed income security, the presumption is that it just covers investors who would like to go for more. And then quite a lot of, it's a very healthy population of investors. So, the point I'm trying to say is, uh, well, uh, the VARB is issued, it is subscribed, and those are uh, the primary set of investors. There could be pension stocks, it can be retail investors, it can be pension stocks, it can be big finance groups or investors like BlackRock, and so on and so forth. 
Now they invest in these bonds as part of their portfolio finance. And to some extent, they're reviewed by, you know, green server, whatever is the big They are Nobody says that, you know, I have put it in green bonds, so I will take it. Like nobody's, nobody is like so that is the first point of primary subscription. Uh, these guys, many of these investors who are the primary investors don't keep the bond with them. They try to flip. And they try to flip it to secondary buyers. And that is called the secondary Now this number of flips that you do with the bond is, uh, is the more you do flips, the better it is for the bond or the bond issue. Because the bond gains it bad. And if the bond gains in value, the next round of bond issue will also be But this is a simple law. Now, the point is, uh, in the secondary market, if the bond doesn't do well, what do you mean by the bond doesn't do well? And the number of flips are fewer. After some time, the secondary, the first secondary buyer finds that it's still holding the bond, it's not getting a better return than that. What you bought for, then you have a problem. So the liquidity is the number of hits that you do. And if the liquidity is constrained, there, there is no way by which your bonds can really uh, good job. Basically, you collect the money, invest in projects, and. Okay, so now talking about. Renewable energy projects, we have been talking about renewable energy projects a lot, but I wanted to understand what are the problems that financial viability of these projects face in India? My experience is that with these studies tells me that the biggest problem is these projects suffer from high cost of debt service. If resources are raised by oh, resources are raised through loans, Standard by development financial. Because interest rates are very high. And therefore, uh, it is definitely not a viable option unless there are cushions the way of subsidy. And uh, the other thing is uh, the gestation period is also first two years you are running out, you don't have any ropes, cash And you will have negative cash and subsequently, when you start getting the revenue cash flows, it still does not make your net cash flow, or net cash flow, or inflow be anything positive. But it is only after about eight to ten years that it really comes off ground and starts eating returns to the option. Now, this uh, raises an issue because you need funds which are long term. And long-term funds cannot come to you uh, unless somebody feels that your project is excellent and is willing to lend to you for a long period. A refinancing institutions, including recruited by capitalized refinancing institutions like Unida, for instance, uh, is willing to fund renewable energy projects, which normally financing institutions may not like to touch. But they also have a constraint. Their resources that they raise from the market is for a shorter period, whereas the lending has to be for a longer And so what they, uh, what is uh, the problem with this? It is called an asset liability mismatch. 
So what uh, what should Airinda or any refinancing corporation do? They have to keep on having either they should go for long term bonds, long term long maturity bonds, and raise the money, which is co-terminus with the project life of a solar or a wind project, or they have to go for short horizon bonds and keep on rolling, right? The ones that short horizon bond is uh, uh, gets over in five years, you redeem it and go for another. And yet, you would not have got the project um, an entrepreneur to be paying to do. So they have to keep on doing this uh, to get things going. Now, that is a very big constraint as far as solar and wind is The net cash in low position becomes possible and really sustainable only after one of the total life set. Okay, understood. And how can we improvise the situation? What should be the first step forward? So in this, uh, in this paper, what we are trying to say, certain remedies. One is that treats uh, green bonds issued by private sector players as well as credible private sector as well as regional public sector advertisements, as securities. So once you treat them as securities and you treat it as a part of your regular market of supplying and selling of securities, and it is these green bonds, it gives liquidity. So when it gives liquidity, then the yields really fall well enough for investors to get interested in this. Now, Reserve Bank of India shouldn't be suddenly doing this for domestic issues, but even uh, but um, it will be even more desirable if they do for offshore. Okay. Having said that, I should also tell you in this uh, January, over three months ago, uh, the uh, Ministry of Finance has gone for green bonds, sovereign green bonds. Now, that is a very big development. When I finished this paper, it, it was 2021 that we finished it, then it went through the gear process. But this uh, substantially changes the scene in the sense that the Ministry of Finance has gone for sovereign bonds, which is supported by the RPA. We can really auction these bonds, raise resources for our companies, or it can do the reverse operations as well. Now, this is a great liquidity support. It is but you should think about why is it that the Ministry of Finance has gone I would suspect that the main reason is India's commitments that we have listed in the National Deterrent Fund. We are committed to a big expansion of renewable energy, a team of 50% of energy needs by 2027. And we also have an ambitious forestation. Uh, but more important, I think these public investments that may be raised from the green box, I think would go into the infrastructure for highway where we have put substantial green greening provisions into it. So we want to green the infrastructure projects um, because without that, our infrastructure expansion program would come to a halt because uh, of carbon emission concerns. So. So you, the government has to step in and raise its own sovereign resources from markets to support climate change in relation to public interest. 
But what are the private investments? For instance, if you look at an, uh, an entrepreneur who wants to set up a wind energy uh, project in, uh, say, in Chennai or Tamil Nadu or Bangalore or Tech, uh, again, he has to go, when she or he has to go and find out the green sources of financing through refinancing institutions. And those refinancing institutions also have to get into the issue of bonds to raise sufficient resources, right? So at this stage, uh, I don't think those securities will be endorsed by the RBI as securities and used as uh, trading instruments, right? So there is still a gap as far as private sector and development financial institutions, issues of green walks are concerned. Uh, you know, our studies show that the Indian government bonds, that's a much lower E, not substantial, but uh, 6 to 5, I'm 8 to 6%. As compared to green bond, which is about 7.5%, we have gone through all the issues that have been. Even the sovereign government bond, which has now come out, this is the welcome future is, it is for five years as well as for 10. So the issue is it is 7%, again, open rates, right, 7.2 to 7.4%. So it is, uh, so we have to see how the yields pan out. But it can never, because it has come from the Ministry of Finance, it is issued by the government of India as a sovereign bond, it is, uh, it's uh, yield rates will be somewhere near the regular dollar box. And therefore, to that extent, our infrastructure projects which are green infrastructure projects in the wealth sector. And India's macroeconomic fundamentals are still much better than many other countries in the post-COVID world. So I suspect that there are two elements that really modern investors look into, and this has been told to me by some of them. They said that we look at NDCs, right? But we also look at the macroeconomic health of the country. And uh, macroeconomic health is very good uh, when compared to many other countries. The inflation is suddenly high, but not, nothing compared to, say, UK, uh, Japan, and other. So we expect, I mean, other things remaining the same. They should do well. The sovereign bonds. Private bonds will also do well because uh, these refinancing institutions have some And to that, but if they're bad with an RBI and they treat as securities that lose that for operations, that would really help. Okay, now just to conclude, if you have to summarize the findings of your research in two lines, what would you say? My first point is that debt-based financing of private action is a reality we cannot ignore. It will occupy a substantial portion of our overall private financing. That's the first. And... Uh, but because they're fixed income securities, you have to attract conservative or near conservative or near risk averse investors. In which case, you need certain enabling mechanisms like a show of support from the settled value of the country as an eligible security, which is worth trade. Is the support less now? It is not treated as a security. Private bonds are not treated as security. Development financial institutional building bonds are still not, I don't think that are still treated as it. Indian sovereign bond is, green bond is decided, publicly issued, government issued. They are supported. And 
so this is a second thing. These are the two things. That financing is going to be important. Secondly, uh, if it has to be done well by private, uh, credible private development institutions, there are regularly raised resources and people. You need a nudge in the form of secular uh, backing from the central part of the country. So, people that liquidity the secondary part. So, can we say there is a gap between the government and the private sector when it comes to green finance as a whole? There is a gap because government is not supposed to enter into. See, uh, government of India is coming to the system. That's why we are trying to reduce uh, And we have uh, decided to go for debt based financing partly because of. Uh, you know, we can't be excessive in public. So we need to raise resources. So the government of India itself is market driven when it comes to industry. So it expects that industry also should be market driven when it comes to raising its resources. It status on its own, its credibility to raise. That is something. It's not a gap. I wouldn't say there is a gap. It is just a perception that what we do. Um, is uh, is what we expect him to do. Face the market and raise the metal. But then what's the difference? The difference is in the government start uh, stands on its own credibility, sovereign credibility on retail. You should understand that bonds are different. Each green green bonds can be of different use. Depending upon the claim of the uh, you know, subscriber. So in case there is a default, sometimes it may be that your assets will be taken over. Sometimes it could be that your cash flows will be taken over. Sometimes it could be that uh, your project assets will be taken over. It could be any of these things. So the government of India thinks that we have a lot of work to do on infrastructure. We are also spending money on expressways and roads and other infrastructure. Where nobody puts in money. Our very few people like to put in private sector would like to put in money. And therefore, we can be also building your hand. And to but so, but so we also in our paper we have never said that the government should support. We are only saying that central bank of the uh, the Reserve Bank of India if it evaluates these bonds and finds them pretty big, and they sort of say that this could be declared as securities to be traded, the credible it will help. We give it not just a second. All right, understood. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's a lot. Bye. Bye.